0: Welcome to the Fast Forward Podcast, a series dedicated to answering the challenges that keep entrepreneurs awake at night. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. Great businesses come from powerful networks, and today's show is really dedicated to learning more about that through one of the most valuable tools, LinkedIn. It's an incredibly powerful platform. It has so many opportunities to help us grow our businesses, but it can be a bit overwhelming at times, and I'm not sure if we all kind of know all the tricks and tips to make the most of it. Our guest today, Charlie Wyman, has built a business around training people to master LinkedIn to get those results. And she's here today to share a little bit of her expertise. Welcome, Charlie. Hey. So, Charlie, let's get to know you a little bit, first of all. Uh, we've been doing a bit of research on you, and we already know that you're a rowing and Olympic weightlifting coach. And also, you. Um, your career started off, actually, as a business owner importing amazing food from Sardinia. Tell us a bit about that and your journey through to being a LinkedIn expert. Yeah I do have quite a colourful
1: past um, to say the least. So my um, my journey I guess started working for my dad's business because my dad had a petrol station and service station which I used to work at from the age of about 15. Um, then went to university to study engineering and didn't really enjoy it so much um then yeah so I ended up in Sardinia and um the property that I was living on at the time had an olive grove and being a bit of a foodie I was just wanted to know everything and everything about making olive oil and then when i when I made the olive oil I was just like this is incredible so I just wanted kind of a little bit of extra um sort of social proof if you like, just, just yeah. so it wasn't just me saying it was great. So I entered it into a couple of awards. won the Great Take well, oh we got a Great Taste uh, Gold Award. So I started importing that and other Sardinian foods into the UK, selling them at market stalls, um, kind of having a bit of fun, a bit of a laugh. Um, <laughs> and kind of like building up quite a nice network in the the food industry, mm-hmm. meeting loads of really interesting people. But I think I was twenty at the time and I thought, you know what, this there's There's a lot that I still wanted to learn. Um, And I think I had quite a bad relationship with learning and education from my experience at university. So I didn't really tap into the internet and, you know, sort of learning from other people. So I decided to go get a job, ended up in the public sector. So I worked for Sport England for a year and the NHS for a year um, on innovation projects. Um, And I think because of my background in the olive oil business and my food, I think people saw that I had experience in marketing and one of my contacts there offered me a job with a husband's company Mm -hmm. as a marketing assistant. selling, uh, well, sorry, promoting and selling uh, laser scanning equipment to the mining industry, serve, you know, spheres, engineers, that sort of thing.
0: So your engineering background coming back into play
1: a little bit? It did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've always, I've always had an interest in engineering, even from a really young age. I've always loved building things. I've always loved developing things. Um, I am a bit of a rebel. Um, I'll, I'll always try and find a different way of doing something. I'm, I'm not very good at following the rules. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that background did come in handy. Um, but I think because... Of the uh, my experience at the petrol station and understanding that relationships in business play such a huge part and enable you to grow and be very sustainable, um, I kind of really latched onto LinkedIn as soon as I joined the network. And also because I worked in marketing, I was able to travel around the world at various different trade shows and exhibitions. And a lot of those sales were done through. Uh, you know that constant contact with people is a very much a human to human interaction, so in my mind, I was just like having to wait one year between seeing some of these people because they were in a different country. It was just too long, and that sales cycle just seemed a bit crazy to me so by keeping keeping in contact with people through something like LinkedIn, it seemed like a bit of a no brainer so I started doing it more and more and then uh was it a couple of years later my boss at the time had just sort of said you know you're actually really good at sales and you've now turned into our our best salesperson to which I was just no I'm not a salesperson (laughs) at all completely rejected the idea um until I then realized that sales was actually about building relationships it was about you know being genuine being honest and not that stereotypical you know car salesman that I'd kind of grown up to Mm. (laughs) know and love um so yeah, so my career really accelerated. So in kind of two and a half years, I went from just being the marketing assistant at this company to the global head of sales and marketing um, just by um, writing content, uh, keeping in touch with people, developing those relationships and being very visible in the market because we were a very small company, but we were kind of like playing against some really, really large competitors. Um and I think that was really where I got to witness the the real power of LinkedIn and, and keeping in touch with people, maintaining those relationships and and nurturing them.
0: And then you decided to go out and do it for yourself um, a couple of years ago. Um, tell us a bit about that. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I actually left that company and then went to work
1: for the shipping industry for a different company, as a group of companies, as the head of marketing. And I think I always felt that that wasn't the right move for mm-hmm. me. Um, the, there was a sort of misalignment in terms of values because I'm a very sort of purpose-driven person. And um, I think that experience was was wonderful. I, I was able to do a lot, meet a lot of amazing people. But I think that gave me the um, the motivation, I think, to sort of go out on my own. Although, to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't really know what I was going to do when I I walked into work and quit my job that day. (laughs) I sort of didn't really have a plan, any savings or anything. I just knew that I needed to figure something out. Um, Because originally I wanted to set up a business that helped companies, especially in the engineering um, and tech space, how to do events properly. (laughs) Um, You know, I've been going to events for over 15 years and it's unbelievable how many companies miss out on so many opportunities uh, through bad communication and, and various other things. But after doing a bit of research, that was never something that companies wanted to invest in doing better. Um, Yet LinkedIn kept coming up as like, how can I use LinkedIn better? How can I achieve what
0: you've achieved on LinkedIn? That's where the demand was.
1: Yeah. So I think I I realized that there was a a big demand for LinkedIn training. And there was also um, a real need for somebody to kind of help people do it in a more genuine and authentic way, rather than just what people perceived to be just another promotional social
0: platform to, yeah. to market and sort of spam people really <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we'll come on to that in a minute <laughs> yeah. um so yeah so it it comes back to networks and making good connections and LinkedIn is is a channel um to to do that um it is incredibly important to to grow a network but you know like <clears throat> entrepreneurs um who are that Small company that you talked about—they're just starting out and they're trying to compete with the big boys. Where did where do people like that start in starting to grow a network? I think if you if you're just starting out, then it's understand
1: who's in your existing network because we all have a network. Um, most people I come across with that are not used to using LinkedIn um, have a very close network and some very valuable people in that network. They're just not on LinkedIn. Mm. So it's um, understanding who's in that network and who can help facilitate those introductions to the people that you really want to be speaking to that will help accelerate that growth. So I have a kind of design your network uh, framework, if you like, because everybody seems to think that networking is all about sales, whereas it's not. You've got to think of it as a more, um, a bit more like an ecosystem. So you can learn from your network. Uh, you can collaborate with people from your network. The people in your network should be kind of like your best fans and your advocates and your allies, people that can help. You know, if, if somebody in your network introduces you to somebody else, you're much more likely to start that relationship on a good foot and that other person who's never heard of you or met you before is more likely to help you. Hmm. Um, so I, d- I did a podcast with a, um, an amazing guy actually the other day who is just celebrated five years in business and he said that LinkedIn has been absolutely instrumental in helping him grow because of those introductions that people have made to the key people that have helped him get the foot in the door and get in front of the right people.
0: It's almost like it builds uh, a trust if, um, if someone's introducing someone to you, it almost validates them that, that little bit early on. Yeah, absolutely. So LinkedIn, um, some people claim that it's the world's number one um, online social network for business networking and um, you know, the world's biggest contact database. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about this before we uh, came, on to, uh, came on live and you disagreed with that which I was really interested to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a mindset thing. And I think a lot of people who
1: come to me and they say, I'm just not getting results on LinkedIn or um, I'm very resistant to using it, approach it with the wrong mindset. Um, If you look at it as a a network of contacts that you can just mine, um, and from a digital marketing point of view or a marketing point of view, when you extract data, such as email addresses, phone numbers, or you know, all you want to do is then sort of like spam them with promotional content or use them to get in front of a mass amount of people all at once, mm. which puts people off because a lot of people will know that you've got their data from LinkedIn um, and will see what's going on and, and really start to distrust you for that particular reason. Um, if you look at it as, yes, it is a database, um, but it's a networking platform. So in the same way that when you're starting a business, you would go to certain networking groups, you know, you might travel, uh, you know, in my case, I've traveled around the world to different events. I know, I've been (laughs) following you for the last 12 months, it's been amazing. Um, Whereas on LinkedIn, you can essentially curate your own networking event. Um, You know, it might need to be online or it could be in person, but when you combine the use of LinkedIn with events as well you get so much more power from it because you can make those meetings you can arrange those meetings before Mm -hmm. you even fly out there Um, and you can make sure that you're actually having those conversations with the right people because you have that information in front of you and you can do that research beforehand I think the challenge when people think of it as a social network or a digital marketing platform or a you know, database full of contacts. I think people miss the opportunity to do that research or just want a shortcut to doing it. Um, and I think that's where people tend to go wrong um, because you can't shortcut forming a relationship. Um, and, you know, my background is all in very, very high value sales um, where the relationship is really, really key.
0: So when you talk about um, being a, like a social network uh, or a social media platform, um, I think about content. And how that is, seems to be the way of things now that it's about, you know, the usefulness of information that's appearing on not just LinkedIn, but all of the, all of the channels. How, for LinkedIn, though, how important is that content aspect? Very, I think. Um, but also just on the content, LinkedIn is all about engagement. Hmm.
1: LinkedIn's goal is to keep you on LinkedIn. So when you start you know, promoting blog posts or articles that you've read that you're network might be interested in is quite an old-fashioned way of marketing and it especially on LinkedIn and it kind of goes against what LinkedIn want you to do on the platform okay so content is very very important but it needs to be engaging content so when you write a post record a video write an article it needs to be your goal for that piece of content needs to be to gain engagement from your network and that primarily needs to be through comments So you want to invite discussion. You want to prompt conversation, debate. Um, And it's through that engagement that you get the growth and you get more visibility on your content and you get in front of more people. Um, Just as as important as writing your own content is actually commenting and engaging with other people as well. Um, And I think a lot of people miss opportunity um, because networking is a two-way thing, you know. If you want people to engage with your content, you need to be seen to be engaging with other people's content
0: as well. I would definitely agree with that from a Tech Manchester point of view. Um, you know, a lot of our stuff isn't push um, information; it, it's very much, you know, any any posts that we do that if we would get people replying to us, and we would always go back to them. Likewise, if we see posts that are of, of value to the to, to the community, we'll we'll engage in those as well. Um, so there's a certain type of content and it has to be written by yourself. So are you talking about like a post on there or starting to do the, the LinkedIn articles or, you know, obviously LinkedIn doesn't like it if you put other, you know, if you push people away from their site. So what type of content does that need to look like? You know, where do videos fit into that? Does it have to be an organic upload or, you know, can you explain a bit more about that? Uh, again, so with, with videos, um, if you posted a link
1: to YouTube or Vimeo or wherever, it's an external link. Okay. Um, and the LinkedIn algorithm will scan for that and it will kind of, uh, in one way, kind of punish your post. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it won't show it to as many people as it as it would do if it was uploaded okay. natively. Um, in my experience as well, using things like Hootsuite and Buffer, um, I always get way more engagement um, and way more reach for my posts that I do just in linkedin on its own okay um i also recommend that people do that without using external platforms like hootsuite and buffer and the reason for that is to get into that mindset that it is a two-way thing to go whenever you're posting something Mm. spend that time to engage with other people's posts at the same time so you're not just doing it from a i'm just transaction (laughs) kind of point of view i'm just trying to get in front of as many people as possible um, video is doing incredibly well at the moment. A lot of people want to engage um, with video. Uh, I think when native video first came on onto LinkedIn, uh, a lot of people kind of just thought, right, they'll do those um, sort of selfie style videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have started complaining about those because they just don't want they, I think they're starting to look a little bit unprofessional narcissistic uh, i was going to say oh <laughs> <laughs> my days there there is so many people posting self indulgent posts it's like you know you have to think about what do people want to engage with yeah. self indulgent posts i'm brilliant you know <laughs> Look at me, I'm brilliant. you're attracting the wrong type of people if yeah. if you're just posting uh, that sort of content and that's where in my mind i think it it goes more towards the, the sort of facebook content of things um but yeah no it's it's content that prompts discussion content that's insanely um relevant to your audience and I think that's where it's important to know who you have in your network and also who you want to be engaging with Mm. because you know I could put a series of posts on LinkedIn with a view of engagements get as many likes and as many comments as possible you know this kind of like age-old theory of I want to go viral but that's not the best use of my time because then I'm going to have to spend all that time replying to people. Whereas I want to target the people I, w- I most want to engage with. Yeah. And those people, you know, hold a certain set of values. You know, they value a certain type of service. They value a certain type of uh, quality. Um, and it's that you're not going to please everybody. So avoid content that pleases everybody because that sort of content just contributes to the noise. Yeah um in the same way that kind of viral in my mind viral style content does as well it just kind of encourages people to be wasting their time um for me it's all about you know
0: engagement creating the com- the right conversations yeah. with the right people well that's that um i haven't heard this term in a long time um but the whole kind of clickbait um yeah <laughs> why is that word not used anymore I heard it I it's been replaced with viral <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, I think, um, Social Chain, I've watched a, a recent, um, one of their, I don't know if you've seen their vlogs that they're doing on on LinkedIn, and I do I do really enjoy the ones, particularly Katie uh, Leeson does. And they did one on the sort of power of LinkedIn at the minute, and it was titled "Why is the worst the world's worst social media platform becoming your most valuable tool?" And it talked about um, the engagement levels uh, on organic posts on LinkedIn being eight times higher than that of posting the same content on on Facebook. And um, what do you think that is? A social chain, actually, for, for anybody listening to this, a very much a company worth following.
1: Um, they have got, well, I think because of what they do, they've got it right um, for that reason. But they post very engaging content, very real content, very relevant and highly engaging content. And um, I think it's because, again, it's, it's a mindset thing. People are on LinkedIn to do business. People mm. are on LinkedIn to either... Um, Learn. Sell, sell more, learn more, advance their career, make their business better. Um, so they're thinking about all of these things that are going to help them. So when you post on LinkedIn, people are more likely to engage with you because they're of that that mindset. Yeah, you know that's why I like it because you've got that intent and purpose behind it. Um, what I find on Facebook is that people are on Facebook for a many, many, many different reasons at the very at the same time. So. It's not the most effective way to spend your time. And also, I think that unless you're actually paying to use Facebook as in paying
0: for advertising, yeah. then organic posts just don't go anywhere. Um, they went on to say about sort of ad buyers having this renewed focus on, on LinkedIn that they're going to start spending a lot more money on the on the ad platform there. Do you think that that'll change some of the power of LinkedIn as a result? Possibly. I think with LinkedIn, it's kind of one in every 10
1: posts that's a sponsored Piece of content. Yeah. So if they change that, I think the dynamic of LinkedIn will change. Um, LinkedIn advertising and sponsored content is a very, very effective way of targeting your market, but you do need to invest. So on Facebook, if you're advertising, you can get a lead for about, you know, sort of a pound yeah. um, or even less, depending on what it is that you're selling. Whereas on LinkedIn, you need to be expecting to pay, you know, between sort of six and twelve pounds per lead. Um, so. It, Again, you've got to have the right mindset. You've got to want to invest,
0: and you've got to really know who it is that you're targeting because your investment will be higher as well. Yeah, um, I did a post recently, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on. On I, I think it did significantly better than anything else I've ever posted. But um, I posted a, it was a, a short video of uh, my colleague Nicola uh, Ellis, who was doing her first speaking engagement, and it was just. Um, uh, Uh, applauding her and announcing it and and sharing that with the world, I guess, um, because it was so incredibly proud of her. And um, the post itself got over 11,000 views of the video. It had like 182 likes and 17 comments. And it was just insane. So we do joke, I'm like, Nicola, you've gone viral. (laughs) (laughs) Why would content like that do so well? I think if if I posted
1: something about... um a colleague or a friend of mine that was doing well and you mm. knew that person or you'd heard about that person uh, you know would you be more inclined to congratulate them or engage with that post in some way mm. uh, i think a lot of it is that you kind of have to think of um, you know what do uh, if if you were your market what would you like to engage with and i think yes because you're you're promoting somebody else you're celebrating their success uh, but doing it in a, I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm just literally trying to sort of show you the incredible achievement that somebody close to me has, has yeah. made. Also, somebody that a lot of people in your network will know as well. Yeah, you know, it's like I know Nicola, so I, I think I remember engaging with that post, saying, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Um. Also, people people love to share their advice. People love to chip in with their own experience as well. Um. Sometimes you just can't help yourself. Uh. For example, you know, I've. I've been on my own little public speaking journey in the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I can remember my big first uh, sort of speaking engagement. And it posts like that kind of like take you, da- take you back down memory lane a little bit. And you're just like, oh, you know, I remember that. So mm. it, it kind of makes people think differently. And it's, it's something that people want to engage with.
0: So it feels like LinkedIn is different to the other social media platforms. Um, how and why do you think that is? I think back onto mindset again. <laughs>
1: um, I, th- I think people, and this is, this is what drew me into marketing, you know, I'm not a trained marketer um, at all. I've, I've never done any sort of marketing qualifications. But what draws me to marketing is understanding people's behaviours um, and the motivations for doing certain things. And uh, my experience of different social media platforms is that everybody uses them in a slightly different way for a different reason. So, you know, I'm still a big Twitter user. I love Twitter. And it's great for sort of short, snappy, kind of conversational, um, time-limited posts. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, LinkedIn is, is more about more meaningful engagement. Um, it's a platform where you want to develop those relationships and keep in contact with people. Um, Facebook, for me, is very much a, a place where I keep in touch with the friends and family. I, I don't use, really, Facebook to promote my, my business. I think I put a post on my Facebook page the other day saying, you know, look, I'm flattered if you want to connect with me, but if I've never met you before. Can connect, yeah. connect with me on
0: LinkedIn? Because, yeah, yeah. no, I do. Anybody, uh, my Facebook is very, from a personal point of view, my personal profile is. For family and friends, so yeah, anyone out there that's ever tried to connect with me on Facebook and I've t- deleted it—that's the reason why. <laughs> connect <laughs> I, with me on LinkedIn. But people take it really,
1: really personally. You know, I'll meet people at networking events, or people will hear me speak at an event, mm. and that you know their instant response is to go on Facebook. And I think it's because there is a there is a perception that people on Facebook are more approachable. Um, in my experience people on Facebook like kind of hold back no punches. Uh, I'm been I have an online course and I've been trying to play around with Facebook ads at the moment because my market you know I'm teaching LinkedIn I want to get more people using LinkedIn yeah um, and not all those people are actually on LinkedIn at the moment so that's why I'm using Facebook but I'm not interested in setting up a Facebook engagement group because in my mind it promotes the wrong behavior and it promotes the wrong mindset. If you're killing it on a Facebook group, you're not killing it on LinkedIn. Yeah. And it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of working. Yeah.
0: I think um, it's hard to avoid the Facebook business manager, though, because you <laughs> yeah. can really laser focus your 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 audience in there to find those people, you know, that are not either on or active. Anything. You know, you can literally... It's frightening what you do on Facebook. Oh, from an ad's point of view, it's absolutely yeah. incredible because, like I said, you get really cheap leads.
1: Yeah. Um, you can be laser, laser targeted. But again, people's mindset. You know, I've got um, I get so many trolls and people slagging me off uh, <laughs> in the comments on Facebook ads, and I'm like, there's wow. just no need. If you're not interested in LinkedIn, just yeah, keep hide, you know. <laughs> hide, hide the why Why are you commenting or like you know really hateful, hurtful comments? Wow. Um And I, you just don't get that on LinkedIn because I think people just it's not personal that way people just think, you know, I wouldn't behave like this in public. (laughs) And I suppose if you are, then you're in the wrong business. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, Facebook is great for groups. I mean, the the group's experience on Facebook is so much better than LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn did a big overhaul on their group's experience last September, and they're still making a lot of changes um, but again, people used to le- use LinkedIn groups f- for spamming uh,
0: for quite a few years. Mm. and a It's lot of just you never saw it, it because of the group function on LinkedIn was so bad. It's yeah. one of my bug bars. But like five
1: years ago, groups were
0: amazing on LinkedIn. Yeah. You
1: know, I used to do so much business and get so much engagement from groups. I used to learn so much and then... Gradually, uh, they became harder to use, harder to manage. Harder to find. Harder to find. Um, and people were just spamming them with links. Mm. Uh, whereas now, um, you know, I I run I have a community group of my my own for my own course. And I use that on LinkedIn because, again, it promotes the right mindset, the right habits. Yeah. And they they do serve a
0: purpose. They are great. But it's just getting other people into that frame of mind as well. So we've segued quite nicely into um, some of the some of the things that we should, entrepreneurs and small businesses should be thinking about on, on LinkedIn. So, you know, the the audience here will be people who are building their businesses. They won't have a lot of time um, and they um, won't have a lot of money either. So how can they go about, um, what are some of the do's and don'ts of what they can do with LinkedIn to help sort of build that network um, without spending lots of time time doing it? I think if you've not got, well, I think
1: everybody, whether you have time or not, it's using your time wisely, especially if you're trying to grow a business. Um, The biggest do and place to start is to understand, you know, what are you actually working towards? Like what goals are you working towards? Um, And who are you actually wanting to start conversations with on LinkedIn? Um, I would say, understand what is the fastest route to the sale. So in some cases, going direct to that end client isn't the best use of your time, especially not if you're the CEO of a company. Whereas, you know, you might want to be forming strategic partnerships, finding agents, distributors. You might be looking for investments. You might be looking to um, find your next or your first employee. Yeah. Um, or you might be doing a brand building exercise where you're trying to get your brand out there a little bit more. So first do that work and understand what are your goals and really hone in on who is your target market because when your content that you post on LinkedIn is aimed at your target market, they will hear you and they will remember you because it will be so focused and it's that age old um, sort of saying, it's like when you try to please everybody you end up pleasing nobody and that's what I see on LinkedIn all the time
0: is very very generic posts that just get no engagement whatsoever Um, I know that my uh, Nicola who we've mentioned before actually took part in your engagement challenge um, your seven day engagement challenge which you did for free on LinkedIn a couple of months ago Yeah, and she, she absolutely loved it and, and learned loads and I can remember the day she came back so excited she went I've just increased that post from 200 views to 800 views in a day and I'm like brilliant <laughs> um, so she was sharing with me some of the uh, resources that you had given her and it was very much talking about being very specific very narrow, focused on who is the person you're actually trying to reach with this one post and actually tailoring it uh, to that. I think that was a hard lesson that I learned
1: um, years ago and realized, I've realised, realised now that it's it wasn't just me that was finding that hard or it wasn't just the business that I worked for that was finding that hard. It's that we were a small company at the time. I think it was about 35 people um, at the company and, you know, it's like if you ask the company, was like, oh, you ask me, who are you targeting? You'd be like, oh the world <laughs> <laughs> everyone okay um you know the the whole surveying market you know which includes people in you know architecture archaeology heritage engineering highways rail each of those different segments of the market all have their own unique goals their unique challenges their unique pain points and for a small team it's like it's impossible or very very expensive to try and target such a vast number of people with different goals and challenges whereas when you're very much more laser-focused and very targeted, you actually get much better results. And I think because I've been through that process of really resisting that methodology because you, you instantly think, oh, well, I'm excluding a huge percentage of the market by just being laser-focused. But then when you actually do it and you see the results of what it is that you're doing, you kind of, you, you know that, why wasn't I doing this all along? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I do I do really emphasise uh niching down, I do emphasise being very laser focused. That doesn't mean you can you have to focus on one thing forever. You know, if you've got different market verticals that you're targeting, target just once at a time if yes. you're gonna in each post. Yeah.
0: Rather than all of them.
1: Yeah. But also like a segment of time as well. So on LinkedIn, kinda tie your content in with what you're saying on your profile. So your headline and your summary mm. the more your headline and your summary can actually attract the right sort of person, the more you are going to convert those connections into clients or people that you actually want to be speaking to. And that's where you're actually going to get that traction because you want people to kind of go from your post to your profile and then to either send you a message, give you a call, send you an email.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what other days and don'ts are there out there for... <laughs> Um, Theresa May's having a go with this today.
1: <laughs> um, the, I guess the one that I keep droning on about a lot at the moment is uh, don't outsource your LinkedIn profile activity to somebody else. Now, what do you mean by that? Explain what you mean. So, don't give somebody else access to your profile and get them to post and send messages to other people on your behalf, or don't get them to collect connections for you on your behalf. Um, which is another don't, which is don't collect connections. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we'll come back to that one. That's something I'm a personal personal problem with. But yeah, um,
1: yeah I think there's a I'll, I'll, yeah. We'll, we'll come on to the collecting connections. But essentially, if you want to get anywhere on LinkedIn, it's all about know, like, and trust. You mm. want your network to know you, like you, and trust you because that's how you generate business. That's how you generate you know introductions, uh, referral partners, allies people that can recommend you, make introductions for you. Hmm. If they don't know you, like you or trust you, they're not going to do any of that. So you're kind of wasting your time. If you get somebody else to do that on your behalf, you're essentially building relationships based on false foundations. And and trust will waver um, quite early on. The other thing as well is that the majority, this is not, obviously, it's like kind of 80-20 rule, or the 79-21, as Gary Vaynerchuk (laughs) is calling it right now. Um... Yeah, the eighty twenty rule is that if you, whoever sells you that outsourced uh, service, mm. it's not them that's going to be taking over your profile. It's going to be somebody else who doesn't understand your business, yeah. who doesn't understand your personality, who probably doesn't hold the same values as you. And then what you find is that they will then just going to fill your network full of connections. And let's say they do 100 a day, 100 a month. You may get five inquiries if you're lucky from that 100 people. But then you may get sort of 10 to 20 people that should never have been part of that search in the first place, but then they've just hit connect. Yeah. And then you also may have just really annoyed people because you've sent them a message that's completely irrelevant
0: to them. So you're not- listing lots of my bugbears on LinkedIn <laughs> at this point.
1: Um, exactly. So when you outsource your, um, your profile to somebody else to do that work for you, yeah. you're actually really annoying lots of other people and the more you do it the more people you annoy and that's how you can really damage your online rate well you can really damage your reputation yeah and I've seen it happen many times um so I guess my my question if you want to outsource it is you know how important is your reputation to you um and do you want to dilute the value of your network because the more people you have in your network that Mm. are irrelevant that you're not speaking to uh, the less interesting your newsfeed will be, yeah. the less relevant your newsfeed will be. You can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah, yeah. And also, the harder it will be to get your content in front of the people you actually really want to be reaching. Yeah, so
0: downloading it. So, outsourcing sounds like uh, a tool that businesses can use, um, but there's obviously pros and cons um, listed with that, not least for the you know, obviously, that they would be responsible for your personal brand, your persona out there that you're putting out to the world, and also a co- there's a cost associated that with that. Um, what other tools are there out there that um, that businesses can can use? Uh, so you you can use Hootsuite and Buffer to schedule your content.
1: Um, you know, if you've got somebody else curating content for you or creating that content for you, um, and they they're on the same page in terms of the right strategy and they want to queue it up, uh, then, yeah, Buffer and Hootsuite you can use uh, to queue that up.
0: Um, again, I, I generally recommend that people don't use those platforms because it, uh, it just... Doesn't. Just for LinkedIn, is it just LinkedIn that doesn't work as well on there because of the LinkedIn algorithms, do you think? or with, I mean, with Hootsuite, it
1: used to. Um, in my experience, it still does, but I've, I'm in a, a network of... Uh, trusted LinkedIn trainers uh, mm. around the world and we kind of collaborate we we don't really see each other as competitors we see each other as you know people that we can learn from share experiences and, mm. and help each other be su- be successful um and uh, we've all sort of tested this ourselves and some people have found that using Hootsuite or Buffer has n- not actually made any difference at all um in my mind, especially trying to get people in the right mindset and engagement, yeah, um, just learning the side art side of things. Yeah, um, th- there is so much more value from just going into LinkedIn and posting it yourself. I think just that act of logging onto LinkedIn, writing the post, or even copy and pasting it from something, hitting post, yeah, just promotes the right behaviour. Um, but yeah, Hootsuite and Buffer. If you are completely pressed to try and most something yeah. else is creating your content for you, then um, that, that's it okay. It. Yeah, you can plan yeah. it in. Um, and I think as well in terms of outsourcing, you can outsource your content to some people. And, you know, there are some exceptional marketers. Um, there are some very, very good copywriters that really get engagement and they will spend the time getting to know you, your personal brand, your business brand, what you want to be known for. Because uh, you know, obviously you want to be remembered for something uh, and you want to get the results. So when I say don't outsource anything, you know, sort of if, you, if you're if you willing to invest because good copywriters cost a lot of money, good marketers cost a lot of money. Yeah. If you're willing to invest, then, you know, get somebody else to, to help you out with the content.
0: And they would be writing that in a LinkedIn article post or you would, they would send you the copy and you would create that as a LinkedIn article post rather than a yeah. blog on another website. Too. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Got it.
1: Um, there are, I mean, you know,
0: I've, I've had clients that have come unstuck because they've used
1: a marketing agency that have just created blog posts and then sent them a series of posts that include that link back to their blog as content. (laughs) Smart marketing (laughs) agency? I know, you're just kind of like wasting your money, really. Um, Yeah, yeah, you know, you will get links back to your website, but it's not going to be, you're never going to get the results that you're actually wanting. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, that's, that's quite a an old fashioned marketing practice, yeah. uh, you'd be much better placed to sort of like write those articles on LinkedIn directly. Um, yeah, so in terms of creating content, it could be posts, um, articles. You can now upload documents, so presentations, PDFs, um, and things like that directly to the news feed if you want to share things like that. Okay. Um, videos are a little bit harder um, because, again, it's all about engagement and you have to think what would you share on your business page versus what would you share on your personal profile. Yeah people on LinkedIn like rather LinkedIn users just have a resistance for sales copy I think as human beings we hate being sold to. So if you see an individual just trying to sell, 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 always referencing their company name, always talking about themselves in the third person, it just kind of it just makes you
0: <laughs> drift off, or it make you know it puts you yeah, off. like my two year old nephew refers <laughs> himself Jensen in the third person. I think if it was a two year old. It's a bit more
1: amusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it when people kind of mistake the uh, the reasons why they're using LinkedIn because again, your business page. It, it's also about engagement. It's not yeah. just about clicks back to your website. Um, I think everybody needs to kind of move on from. It's all about clicks back to our website.
0: Okay, for LinkedIn anyway. For LinkedIn, in for your sure. opinion, <laughs> <laughs> very much in my opinion. are available? <laughs> <laughs> so what? What else? We talked before we came on uh, to broadcast about. Uh, bots and social media automation and uh-huh. you had some very strong views about that and to be honest I only learned about this like last week from someone else so <laughs> tell me tell me, explain to the listeners a bit about it and um, what are the sort of health warnings around all of that kind of stuff so yeah it's, it's hard for me because i am I am a, a major tech geek um
1: I love technology i love I actually love automation I think you know artificial intelligence uh, moving forward is going to be a huge part of our culture and society and can add a lot of value to a lot of things that we do. LinkedIn is not one of those things <laughs> you know i've I got um wooed by the uh, the kind of benefits of using automation um it's against LinkedIn's terms and conditions is
0: the kind of biggest reason okay. why you shouldn't Number use Number one, what automation. would happen if you, <laughs> how, how, can, how would they know and what would they do? So the, uh, the kind of LinkedIn
1: trainer community that I'm part of, we're actually working on a bit of a campaign at the minute to uh, just try and educate people a little bit more as to the risks involved in using automation. Um because it's against LinkedIn's terms and conditions, LinkedIn have acknowledged that people do use bots um, to mass connect with people, mm-hmm. to mass message people in a very spammy way, uh, and also that it is putting people off the platform. Um, so, any Chrome plugin, so I mean, it could be something innocent that is just extending the number of searches that you're making, but LinkedIn have a way of identifying Chrome plugins that are tapping okay. into their system. Yeah what they're doing is that they're shutting down the accounts that are using the bots and the automation. They're
0: actually shutting your... LinkedIn. Yeah, so... Do you get
1: a warning? Yeah, you do get a warning. <laughs> so... Stop I, that. I always call it like LinkedIn jail, so they'll throw you in LinkedIn jail. <laughs> yes, you said you're in LinkedIn jail. Tell us
0: about that. <laughs>
1: Not through using bots and automation, I I, uh, I might add. I think it was just because that my uh, engagements plummeted in the last uh, week or so, and I think LinkedIn can be a bit glitchy um, yeah. occasionally, which is okay, Um I think you've just got to ride, ride the the calm with the storms as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is such a thing as, as LinkedIn gel. LinkedIn will give you a notification if it thinks that you're um, using automation. Um, it will say, you know, it might suspend you from using LinkedIn for 24, 48, 72 hours. Okay. Or in some cases, it will just completely lock you out of LinkedIn and it will block your, your whole account, which... For somebody like me, you know, I've, I've spent the last eight years developing my network across multiple yeah. industries and markets. I've made incredible connections in the past. If I lost my LinkedIn account, I would be devastated. Yeah. Um, and my LinkedIn account is a huge asset uh, to me and it will be for many years. Yeah. That's um, well, intellectual property, is it? Uh, Your network? <laughs> probably mm. isn't so much, but I guess mm. it's the relationships that you've yeah. created, they'd be much harder to keep. in. T- there isn't really another platform that gives you the power to keep in touch with people in yeah. such a way. Um, so I think there was a platform called Meet Leonard that was on, it was like an Sumo deal a while ago, it was like $49. And it was interesting reading all the comments um, because quite a few people had acknowledged that using platforms like that was against LinkedIn's terms and conditions. And they would basically said, well, what... You know, assurances do you give, you know, because essentially you're, you're selling somebody a service that could get them locked out of their account. And they, yeah. they were just saying, well, if you buy our platform, you acknowledge
0: that that could happen. Yeah. It's in their terms and conditions. Yeah. Um, and lots of people still did
1: buy, it. Bought, did buy Meet Leonard and they did get shut down. And I think if you Google it, there's quite a lot
0: of information about what happened in
1: okay. the, the wash up. Um, I think
0: I, I think there doesn't need to be any other advice around bots. It's, like, it's against the <laughs> terms and conditions. Don't do it. I think it's one of
1: those that, like, I mean. Again, from personal experience, I knew it was against the terms and conditions. Um, And I think I thought because I was using LinkedIn properly, um, there was a way to shortcut certain processes because there is, you know, there's a lot of repetition, there's a lot of copy and pasting. There's a lot of, you know, you find yourself typing the same messages over and over again. Yes. Um, There's a really cool tool called Text Expander. Yeah, which is literally um, my best friend. I love it. It enables you to create snippets of text with shortcuts, so you don't have to then copy and paste all the time. You I'm can use shortcuts and <laughs> downloading it. It's amazing, um, and it, it you know it's not it's not linked to LinkedIn. It's not an API or anything like that. It's just a shortcut kind of text what's snippet, that called text expander text expander yeah um, and and that's amazing so yes there is a little bit of monotony and yeah I I was you know oh there is a way of doing this but the LinkedIn LinkedIn search is nowhere near as good as Google search so mm. again you will find that when you're mass connecting with people you'll get the wrong people in your network yeah. you'll also end up connecting with people that don't want to communicate with you or that aren't interested in communicating with you but they'll connect anyway. But then again that dilutes your network so I spent a year in the shipping industry and I am still <laughs> because it's such a manual process trying to actually get rid of lots of accounts in my network right now people that connected with me that have never spoken to me I've never spoken to them they've just kind of disappeared into the ether um and they've diluted my network so I'm trying to kind of like weed them out a little bit at the moment um plus also you know I I it might have done some damage to my reputation. I don't know. Um, I've certainly seen other people damage their reputations from what other people have said in the industry. Um, they tell us know, about that. Know. We love a good horror story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I think there's a lot of CEOs of businesses, especially smaller businesses, that kind of get sold an automation system. Yeah. But then if the CEO is chasing down
0: all of these leads
1: and doing it in an automated fashion... How does that look to your audience, or how does that yeah. look to your
0: market? I, I don't even care enough to actually invest a person's time into this. Exactly, almost. you know. Yeah. And
1: it's, uh, you know, LinkedIn it's a networking, it's a relationship building tool. Yeah. Um, and when you use it for, for the, as the tool that it was intended, you will reap the benefits, and y- you know, you will reap a lot of benefits. Um, yeah. It will really help you grow your business, but it's not a overnight success. If you want quick leads, quick sales. There are so many other different marketing tactics that you can use in order to achieve that. LinkedIn is just
0: not that, that it's tool slow, for it. It's a slow burn and taking the things that make you unique as a human, I suppose. I think that's it. It's like you need to
1: humanize your business. You need to humanize what it is you're selling. And you need to acknowledge that you're selling to other humans, even in a B2B environment.
0: People mm. buy from people. So let's go to common mistakes. And I probably, from listening to what you're saying, I'm probably the worst one for it. Um and I've been argued that I do it for a reason, but I'm not quite sure now. <laughs> um, so I uh, I literally accept everybody onto my LinkedIn, anybody that wants to be my friend, ex- unless they're from somewhere really weird in the world. Um, and like, it's very unrelated. I'll generally, if they're UK and there's something to do with tech or interesting or business or anything like that, I'll be like, yeah, accept you. Now, I, I will... Um, I guess, curate those and I will approach a number of them when I have a look at their profile. I don't say, I'm not going to say I looked at every single profile that I've accepted. I do not do that. I probably should. Um, But the ones that I do look at, generally I'll look at much more of the female um, ones, particularly if the job title looks interesting. And then I'll respond to them straight away and say, you know, thanks for connecting. Just have a look at your profile. It looks pretty awesome. You know, I'm generally looking to speak to them about, you know, if they're in our The Northwest, I'll be like, have you you know, do you do any speaking opportunities? We've got loads of opportunities to speak here at UK Fast. Um, and also obviously my my pet subject, which is mentoring and getting more female mentors onto the Tech Manchester programme. Um, but I don't I don't do that uh consistently and I literally now have four thousand one hundred and thirty-two uh connections on my LinkedIn and in a weird Little competition with a good friend of mine who is ahead of me, and so we're competing with each other (laughs) on connections. But from everything you're saying today, that is uh, the absolutely wrong way to use LinkedIn. (laughs) Can you explain to me and other people who probably do that why? Uh, I guess the the biggest one is that when you when you collect connections, you are diluting
1: your network. So Mm. the people that you do know in your network and that know you um, are less likely to be seeing your content or engaging with you um, if you've got a much bigger network. Because the way that uh, the LinkedIn algorithm works, whenever you post content, the algorithm will then scan that content, uh, scan it for you know, sort of promotional material, external links, uh, spam, and then it will send it to a percentage of your network. And then it will have a look at how... So not
0: everybody sees everything that I post?
1: No. That is shocking. Yeah. So if you think you've got kind of 4,000 people in your network, a very small percentage of those people will see that, that post first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and then the link to, basically the algorithm will give it kind of two views. First view is that kind of initial check. Um, then it will send it out to a percentage of your network. And then it will have a look at how much engagement that you've had. Uh, that's like kind of uh, comments, likes, shares, um, and then people clicking that see more button. Yeah. Um, if you want to reach more people, your content needs to be more engaging, because the more comments that you get, the more people will see your content, both inside and outside of your network. Um, When you post lots of content that doesn't get very much engagement, essentially it's only kind of like the top layer of your network that will see that content. So the people who really know you? Uh, No, not necessarily. Sometimes it can just be the people that have connected with you most recently, but if they're never engaging with it, then you're only going to really penetrate a certain percentage of your network you're never going to kind of get deep into that network if that makes sense yeah um, so if your content if you want to if you're if you want your content to reach more people it needs to be all about engagement it needs to be about driving conversation it needs yeah. to be about getting those the comments are essentially the kind of like the gold yeah. at the end of the rainbow that's what you need yeah Um. likes are the sort of second best shares are good for the algorithm but shares aren't good because people like, or rather, like LinkedIn users don't want to engage with shared posts. So it's not that the LinkedIn algorithm won't share it to other people; mm. it's just that people don't want to engage with it. Also, you lose all that social proof.
0: So, for example, that post that you put about Nicola—yeah—if I shared that with my network, yeah, and I actually couldn't—I couldn't tell if anybody had. How would I even know that? I, do you know what I mean I, it doesn't? It didn't show me. It showed me views, likes, and comments, but I couldn't. It didn't say. Sometimes shares. on your post
1: it will say it will say how many people have shared it. Okay. Um if you go maybe back, nobody did. back into maybe, maybe <laughs> Sorry, not. Nicola. Not
0: uh, <laughs> but
1: that, that I mean that that's okay because it, say if I shared it with my network. Yeah. Nobody in my network would actually see how many people had liked and commented on that video. They would just see the post. Okay. And it's that kind of crowd mentality is that the more likes and comments you have on a post, the more likely other people are going to sort of chip in and like and comment too. Yeah. It's sort of Base, natural of life, human behaviour. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so yeah. So sharing posts is good for the algorithm, but not good for engagement. Um. And again, your goal with engagement is to get it in front of more people in your network. So, LinkedIn also have a cap on the number of connections that you can have. So you can have up to thirty thousand connections, which may seem like a lot, but there's nearly six hundred million people on LinkedIn <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> so. Uh, and, and also what I've seen is that there's a lot of people that hit that 30,000 connection limit because they've had that mentality where they just want to add everybody and anybody. And it's interesting when you start to look at the engagement that they receive on their posts, it doesn't correlate with the number of connections and followers that they have, which means that their content isn't relevant to their network and their okay. audience. So most of their network won't be seeing the content that they put out. Um and it's a bit like you know, you can actually get a much greater response from LinkedIn with a small network with really great content yeah. than you would do with a large network with It's fascinating. Poor content.
0: Yeah. yeah. It just sounds like there is so much to think about when you're thinking about how to curate your network, what to post, who to connect with. Um, it, and it feels like training. We should all go and get some some training. And obviously you're you're a trainer. But um, I think we were talking earlier about that. There is a, just a plethora of, of training offerings um, out there. Some good, some bad. How do you, how do we as as listeners um, make sure that we find the right one that suits our needs? It is really tough because I think I did a I did a search on LinkedIn the other day for the number of
1: people that have LinkedIn trainer in their uh, job title or profile in some way. Yeah, seventy eight thousand people around the world. <laughs> uh, I was like crazy. Um, there are a lot of people uh, on LinkedIn that post a lot of great content, um, a lot of really good daily tips. Um, so there's a lot of really good. Free content around to kind of teach you how to use LinkedIn well. Yeah. Um. You know, there's a a guy up in uh, Manchester, uh, Mark Williams, who calls himself Mr. LinkedIn. He has a a weekly podcast all about LinkedIn tips. Um. So if you are keen to learn more, like from a podcasting point of view, he's absolutely brilliant. Um. You know, I'll share loads of tips and things like that. Um. So if you connect with me, then you can get the tips that way. Um. Yeah. So there are a lot of people offering LinkedIn training. There are a lot of people out there that are learning from the people offering free training and free tips and then kind of repurposing that as their own. Mm. Uh, Generally, the rule is if you're going to learn from a LinkedIn trainer, have a look at how they use LinkedIn themselves. Same with a marketing agency. If a marketing agency is saying, we'll help you produce your content for LinkedIn, have a look at how they're sharing content on their own feeds, how they're sharing content on their company page. If it's just a series of links back to their website, they don't get LinkedIn. <laughs> That's kind of kind of like the first step. If you go to their profile, if it's an individual, yeah, and they're getting like very few likes or very few comments on their posts, then they're not don't really get it. There are a lot of LinkedIn trainers that just spend all of their time, you know, they've got LinkedIn groups, sorry, uh, LinkedIn groups on Facebook, and they're teaching LinkedIn from a Facebook group, but not necessarily yeah. practicing what they preach yeah. on LinkedIn itself. Yeah. Um. So if anybody wants to get LinkedIn training, um, you get what you pay for, is another thing I will say. You do very much get what you pay for. Um, make sure that you check out the trainer. Uh, that is the beauty about LinkedIn, is that um, not just for LinkedIn trainers, but any person that you're wanting to work with, Yeah. have a look at them on LinkedIn. Find out how credible they are, uh, they are. Um, especially when you look at, I mean, Facebook is just crowded with ads. I mean, you know, because I've... I've technically in the entrepreneur space even though i really don't like that term (laughs) um you know i get spammed all the time on facebook by ads of people helping me go from zero to six figures in three months or you know whatever but when you actually look at how credible they are they've got no business experience yeah and you're like where has this come from yeah um so, yeah, you've got the ability to have a look at the person that's doing the training and see whether they are the real deal and the crowd And there's some
0: toxic practices out there as well because I, I know I mentioned to you before we came on our, but one of the things that annoys me about Facebook and or LinkedIn, and there's, there, there's only a few, but it, <laughs> the, one of them is the mess, There's the messaging tool and two things. One, it sends you a message every time you connect with somebody. So the actual messages disappear. Um, but when somebody connects with you and then they try to unsolicitedly sell you something, mm-hmm. Number one, that annoys me. Uh, when they then come back to you a second time with a bit more of an aggressive tone, and in one case in particular, a third time where they were very aggressive, saying "You're clearly not interested in what I have to say. So can you tell me the, ne- the like who the person is in UK Fast that can?" and I was just like, "What <laughs> is this? You know um, that that and you told me that's so that, that's something that some people encourage." Yeah, there are certain LinkedIn trainers that will
1: um, that come from a very uh, sort of pushy sales background. Yeah, um, that will basically teach you that you send one initial message um, if they connect with you but don't reply send them another message uh, and then it's kind of like that's three strikes and you're out Yeah. Um, I actually follow the same rule in terms of three messages, if somebody connects with me, I accept that connection request but they don't send me a message, there's no personalization. Yeah. but I've been on their profile I'm like, oh, you know, they, they seem quite interesting I want to connect with them. I'll send them three messages, not sales pitches but just yeah. messages to oh, find yeah. out who they are <laughs> or yeah. say hello um, if they don't reply after three Um, messages then I'll delete them as a contact Um, but there are some sales trainers and LinkedIn trainers that are teaching that sales methodology that you connect with somebody purely for a sales goal point of view where you lead straight in with that pitch and then you just basically keep hounding them there are certain trainers that basically say do it on LinkedIn, grab their email address from the LinkedIn profile and then just move it over to email uh, for better response which is just completely bonkers and um, not really what LinkedIn was aimed it's just on for And also, it's, you know, it, it's that people don't want to be sold to. Um, people get it wrong, so they'll just do you a direct pitch without actually having a look at what's in your profile in the first place, which that yeah. really irritates me. Um, and also, a lot of it is through bots and automation. Um Because my business name at the moment um, is just Charlie Wyman, it's a really good filter because I'll get automated messages saying, oh, um, hi, Charlie, Um, have you ever found working for Charlie Wyman uh, you need some help with your (laughs) stationery? The the stationery one is the funniest one because this guy was selling stationery yet couldn't spell the word stationery, which made me laugh. But it was clearly an automated message because no human being in the right mind would actually – you know intentionally write that to somebody um so yeah that yeah and it's the same rule isn't it really you know you wouldn't if you went on a first date with somebody you wouldn't ask them to marry you or you wouldn't start planning well, how know. many kids are you going have <laughs> <laughs> jamie or sound engineer right <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I totally would do that. <laughs> um, you know, I think it works for some people, maybe.
0: <laughs> statistically, someone will say yes. But
1: again, that's with sales, you know. I think it's yeah. statistically, somebody will say, oh, actually, yeah, that's interesting yeah. What, what you're pitching. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about that more. And I think because it does work in some cases... People think that yeah. it's acceptable
0: behavior, but again, it's not what... It's not. Stop it, folks. Right here, right now. We're telling you, don't do it. It's very annoying.
1: Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, if you are going to do it, then at least look at the person's profile before you do it. Check yeah. relevancy, check interest levels. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, because uh, in terms of LinkedIn training, uh, there are some trainers that will... Uh, you'll go on a training course. You'll go on a training workshop for a day, half a day, two days, whatever. Um but then they'll pitch you an outsourced service. So they will connect you with the decision makers in your industry. Right. Or they will add 100 connections
0: a day to your network and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, Is that because they've just trained you all day telling you how hard it's going to be and you've just decided yeah. at the end, oh, I can't be bothered. I don't have the time for this. Yeah.
1: Uh, and it's like they're upsell at the end of it. So mm-hmm. I think any LinkedIn trainer that will train you how to use LinkedIn and then pitch the outsourced service. Doesn't gel. I don't know. It doesn't no. sit right for me. It's not very ethical. Um, you're selling a service that is a you know could get you locked out of LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I think everything I do, like I, I'm I'm an insanely purpose driven person, very values led. So I can't do it. Like, if it's not ethical, I just won't do it. So yeah. sometimes I look at some of the tactics that people are doing, and I'm like, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Because um, well, to, right be, to be honest, I think training is a um, it's a bit of a daft business model to go into, really, because you know, you if you're really good at what you do, the idea is that you go and train somebody on how to get the results from what it is that you're training them. Um, but then that kind of element of repeat business is not there. yeah <laughs> So you know, you kind of taught that in order to produce a sustainable business and to kind of get off that hamster wheel of constantly chasing business, you need something that you can kind of retain clients mm. for a longer time. Um, but again. The, it's another benefit of LinkedIn is that, you know, if your clients should be your biggest fans and if they're your biggest fans, they will refer you to other people as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you do things right and you do things well, then they will yeah. carry on referring you. But then I guess, you know, there are people that get results from this outsourced model. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, they do still get the referrals. But in terms of LinkedIn, it is just general bad practice, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, always look, always look at who it is that's
0: delivering the training. And what they want out of it. Yeah. I've really enjoyed such a fascinating discussion today, uh, mind blowing in, in many ways. Uh, but we'd like to give the the audience some sort of key takeaways from the from the conversation. So, Charlie, what would be your sort of top tips for anyone looking to improve their LinkedIn today? I guess my biggest uh recommendation would be to just get into
1: that habit and that intention of logging onto LinkedIn regularly. Um it's that kind of like I have I have like a daily habits checklist, which if you haven't got time to go onto LinkedIn every single day, then just set yourself something that's achievable, but regular. Um, so it could be, you know, once a week to start with, it could be three times a week. Um, if you can every day, that's the, the best option. You don't need to spend hours there, you know, sort of 10, 20 minutes will be fine. But just kind of like write, um write a post that's going to prompt a discussion, a debate, a conversation. Um, make sure make it relevant to what it is that you've done that day. Um, if you go to a client site and they ask you a question that you think, you know what, actually, I'm sure most people are thinking this, Talk about it, answer that question publicly. You know that's what I did. And I became very, very well known in my industry very quickly because I was helpful. I, I help people understand more about what it is that I was doing that benefited them. Um, And then those daily habits in terms of commenting on other people's posts, getting to know the people in your network. Um, If people send you a connection request, don't just hit accept. (laughs) um, Go onto their profile, find out a little bit about them, who they are. Because every single person on LinkedIn and in this world has their own unique network. And, you know, when you get to know that person, they can then introduce you to other people, but until you get to know them, you don't know who's in that network. Yeah, you know, it's the sort of same analogy of the kind of um, um, the stay-at-home mum that you know used to have a successful career that's just taking a bit of time out right now. It's like you know, some people will kind of dismiss her as being somebody that you you know don't necessarily want to get to know. Coming from a very male-dominated industry, I saw this all the time. But she had a successful career, plans to go back, has an incredible network. And probably know somebody that you, you know, Hmm. uh, that you might want to speak to and can facilitate that introduction. But, you know, if you don't take the time to get to know her or understand who she is or what her interests are, she's never going to do that for you. Yeah. Um, uh, That as well as, you know, look at it as a two way thing. So don't if you're not willing to help others, don't use LinkedIn. Don't go networking because it needs to be about them just as much as it
0: is about you. So about them not about you yeah
1: uh, which kind of feeds back into that goal of like understand who do you actually want to have conversations with you know are they in line with your business goals um you know I always call myself a business development strategist rather than a LinkedIn trainer I kind mm. of sometimes have a bit of resistance over the LinkedIn trainer side of things because LinkedIn is just a tool Um you need to understand what are your business development goals you know who's your target market you know, if you've got lots of market verticals, which is the best one to go after first? You know, yeah. who are the right people within those companies that you actually want to be having those conversations with? Or who are the right, you know, internal or external influences that can help facilitate those conversations or get you in front of the right people? Um, and yeah, just don't don't neglect the research side of things because the more time you invest up front, the easier it will be. Um, and again, it's that kind of... It shortens the sales cycle, um, especially in a lot of B2B markets, you have a longer sales process, a longer sales cycle, um, which in my experience, you know, you want to save time, you want to save money longer term, and then that will shorten your sales cycle, get you to the end, yeah. go quicker.
0: Thank you so much for those um, key takeaways, Charlie. And we hope that this has kind of demystified LinkedIn for for the listeners and for those of you that have been struggling with it and maybe following some poor practices like I have been, um, that that will help you sort of relook at that um, platform, maybe tailor your approach and um, hopefully generate a bit more um, high-value engagement and and leads and opportunities for you. Um, We love to hear your feedback. Uh, So if you are um, listening and you have any more questions around the topic of LinkedIn or creating creating, uh, great networks, please go on to SoundCloud or iTunes and leave your comments and feedback there. Uh, But for for now, um, we hope that gives you a better night's sleep. Thank you.